Ludwig Byron and his sister Sylvia adopted the, these pretty, though quite incredible names, because those were for which they were incredulous parents and godparents were responsible. Were not suitable, but quite as incredible. They rightly felt there was a lack of spiritual steadiness in Thomas and Caroline Carrot, which would be described handicap in their physical careers, and they would call rather than kindle the faith their inquirers who were so eager to have sciences with the barons. A change, however, did not had not been made without earnest fault on their parts, for they were two very scrupulous young people, and wondered whether it would be acting a lie thus to profess to be what they were not, and whether in concurrence the clearness of their physical sight would be dimmed. But they found to their great joy their spiritual guides or controls, Astra and Violetta, committed quite as freely with barns as they did with carrots. And by now they called each other by assumed names, quite naturally, had almost forgotten what that they had ever been other than what they were styled in the neat professional engagement guards. Would it be tedious to trace Ludwig's progress from time when it was first revealed to him in a rare medium gifts down the present day? Well, he was quite at the head of his interesting profession. It is necessary to explain the matter in which his powers were manifested. When the circle was assembled, these payable remarks, he composed himself in his chair and seemed to sink into some into sort of trance in which Estra took possession of him and communicated through his mouth with the devotees. Estra, were living on a material world, plain, with a Greek maiden or ancient Athens, who had become a Christian, and offered martyrdom, suffered martyrdom in Rome, about the same time as St. Peter. She had wonderful things to tell him, all about experiences in this earth, little vague, perhaps, as they were only natural, after so long a flats of time, but she spoke dreamily, yet convincingly, about the Papyron, the Forum, and the Aragon Sea, so blue, the Catacombs, so black, and the beautiful Italian and Greek sunsets. This is all more remarkable because Ludwig had never been outside the country of his birth, but far more interesting to the circle, any of whom had taken a ticket for Rome or Athens and seen the sunsets and catacombs of herself. What encouraging things she said about her present existence. Everyone was wonderfully happy and busy helping those who had lately passed over to the other side. They all lived in an industrial legacy and spiritual progress. They were refreshments and relaxations as well. Qualities of most beautiful flowers, exquisite fruits, and crystal rivers, and zoo mountains, and flowing robes, and beautiful habitations. None of these things were precisely material. You thought a flower or a robe, and there it was. Astro knew many of her friends and relatives the Passover of Ludwig's circle, and they sent through her loving messages and sweet faults. There was George, for instance. Didn't any of the sitters know George? Very often, very often, someone did know George. George was the late husband, one of the sitters, or the father of another, or the little boy, son, who had passed over, 
or the third, or so George would say how happy he was and how much he loved his sent. And now she would tell him that Jane wanted to talk to the dear one. Everyone knew Jane. It was Mary. If anybody knew Jane, it, it was Mary. And Asher explained quite satisfactorily how it was that among all the thousands who were continually passing over, just those who had friends and relations were the lazy gentlemen who sat with Ludwig. Byron, club enough to spot Astra and being a spiritual guide, who would then put them in communication with their loved ones. This was due to currents of sympathy, which immediately drew them to her. Then, when the science was gone for some time, Astra would stay that the power was growing weak, getting weak, and she bid them goodbye. I fade into silence. Presently, Ludwig came out of his trance, and they would tell him how wonderful he'd been. And the other sciences would go not into trance at all, but Astra used his hand and his pencil and wrote pages of automatic script in quaint, slightly foreign English. With here near a word is strange and disabled characters, with probably Greek. George and Jane and, and Mary were dictating to Astra, who caused Ludwig to write down what she said, and sometimes they're very painful, playful, and not like his wife's hat, and did not like their wife's hat or their husband's tie. But why is showing what they really got there? And there were many members circled asked extra questions. He gave them beautiful answers. Sylvia and her guide Vieta were not in the advanced, advanced, so advanced stage of development. It looked with extra, indeed. It's only lately Sylvia, Sylvia discovered her. She had psychic gifts and got in touch with her guide. Violetta, being a Feronian lady, a noble birth, was born of a chill plane in the year 1452, which is a very interesting date. It made her exact comfortability as San Savarolia and Leonardo da Vinci. He even heard Savarolia preach and seen Leonardo as easel, and splendid to know that San Rodo often preached how to interrupt illnesses. Leonardo was producing pictures vastly superior to anything he'd done so on earth. They were not material pictures exactly, but thought pictures. He thought them, they were pictures there, pictures were. They were confronted precisely with what Ashton had said about flowers and thus, therefore, collaborate evidence. This winter and spring had been a very busy one for Ludwig and Mrs. Simpson. One of the most regular attendants of the Elysaeus even tried to persuade him to go for, to go for shortly. He was very unwilling to do so, for he was giving five full seances every day, which actually mounted up. He was loath to abandon, even for a short time, the work that so many people found so lightning. But even Mrs. Sampson had been very clever, and asked Astro, at one of the sentences, whether he ought to not to take a rest. Astro directly to see, he said, Wisdom counsels prudence to be, be it so. After the sentence was over, therefore, Mrs. Sampson, strong in spiritual support, renewed her arguments, which have doubled false. She was large and physical widow, who received on no end of messages from her husband William. He'd been a chronic stockbroker on his plane. His character, marvellously mellowed, improved, and now he knew what a waste of time it had been. 
to make so much money and lose so much temper. Dear Lud- Mr. Ludwig, says she, you have, um, must have rest. You can't fly in the face of sweet Astra. Besides, I've just, I've just got a lovely plan for you. I own a charming little village near Rye. It is vacant. My tenant has, uh, has suddenly quitted it. It's a dear little place, something quite ready for you. No expense at all, except that you eat and drink and sunbathing and golf at your door. Not so, such a place of quiet and meditation. And, who knows, some wonderful visitor. Not earthly, of course. Well, there is no bothering neighbours. Come here to come to you there. Of course, his charming offer made of a little different, great difference. Ludwig felt he could give up his spiritual work for a fortnight. Less of a wrench than it was possible. They thought that would have to pay for lodgings. He expressed his gratitude in suitable terms. And promised to consult Sylvia, who at the present was engaged with Vieta. She leaped at the idea when he referred to her. The matter was instantly settled. The two were trudging over together on the eve of departure. Wonderfully kind of Mrs. Sampton, said Ludwig. That's odd. She didn't offer a cottage before. <laughs> she was wanting me to take a holiday a month ago. <laughs> Perhaps <sighs> the tenant has only left, said Sylvia. It might be so, dear me, the country and sea breezes. How nice. I don't mean to be idle. Golf, suggested Sylvia. Isn't it very different, difficult? He walked across the table and took up a square parcel. It had just been delivered. No, not golf, he said. But I'm going to take up spirit photography. Pays very, pays very, I mean, very help. It's very helpful. I found a, I bought a camera and some rolls of film, developing the fixing solution. I shall do it all myself. I used to photograph when I was a boy. That I must have cost a good deal of money, said Sylvia. I had a great gift of uncommonly. Ten pounds. You don't. But don't look pain. I think it's worth it. Besides, we get our lodgings free, and if I had the power of spiritual photography, it'd pay us over and over again. Explain the process to me, said Sylvia. Well, very mysterious, but there's no doubt it, that if a medium who got the gift takes a photograph, something appears a negative that's called an extra. In other words, if you took a picture of you, you might appear in the film, not only the photograph, but some spirit connected with you, or a place staying by you, or perhaps in fa- its face floating in the air near you. If you make another branch of your work, you would bring flesh in fresh clients. The old ones too. I think they want something new. Mrs. Sampson would love a photograph herself, with Miss uh, William leaning over her shoulder. Anyhow, it's worth trying. I shall practice down at the cottage. You put the parcel containing the photographic apparatus with other property for packing. I made yourself comfortable on his chair. I want to, you to work too, he said. I want you to develop your rapport with Violetta. It's not, nothing like practice. Minimalistic power is just as much as a gift as music. You ha- must practice on the piano to be able to play. Two alone and utmost confidence existed between them. They talked to each other with a frankness which would appall their sitters. Sometimes I wonder whether I am. I have any minimalistic power at all, she said. I am set in a dreamy state, sort of state. I am writing on to a very right script. But if, if, if I had a 
Really communicating? I might just put it down the thoughts of my subconscious self. Oh, when Astra speaks through you, is she really an independent intelligence? Or is she part of her own? Ludwig was in a very candid mood. I don't know and I don't care, he said. But in my conscious self, suddenly can't invent all the things Astra says. So come from your outside my normal perceptions. And then, after all, Ashton tells something uh, things about George and Jane. So, I'm concerning your life on earth, which I never knew at all. But their relationships are sitting with you. You know them, said Silver. Isn't it possible you might get at those facts through telepathy? Yes, but that's extremely clever of me. If I do, said Ludwig, it's not just as reasonable to say that it is Astra. Besides, if it's all, it is all me, how do you count for Astra sometimes says something that goes against my intentions? And in Lucretia's example, for instance, when she said Wilson consoles prudence to be so, in answer for Mrs. Simpson, asking if they had not overworked and wanted a holiday, and quite conjectured her own wishes, my own wishes. I don't want to go on holiday at all. Therefore, it looks as if Astra with natural intelligence controlling me. So, consciously, you might have known that you wanted a holiday, says Ingenious Sylvia. At Farfetch, I'd have sick stick to Astra. Besides, I sincerely believe that something, sometimes, things come to me from outside my consciousness. I don't know, not always, not, that's to say, what Astra has been telling them while I'm in a trance. Sometimes I really make t- me. He poured out a moderate rice king soda. I'm looking forward to the holiday from seances, he said. Now it's settled from for frankly. Astra had been a little thin and feeble lady. I'm not sure that Mr Sampson didn't think so too. I think she feels she heard it all that Astra wanted to say. It never do to lose her as a sitter. That's why I thought very much like to find why I can produce spirit for photographs. It would vary the menu. It took with him a grim and capable servant, general servant. Cool Gainsbury. Arrived next afternoon at Mrs. Sampson's Sampson's cottage. Remotely situated near a range of great sand dunes which ran along the coast and which only a few minutes to get walk from the sea. The place is rather very remote. A minute Village, minute village with a shop or two with a cluster of fishermen huts stood half a mile away, inland that stretched the high empty levels of the river marsh, away to Rye, which smothered distantly in the afternoon sunlight. The cottage itself was enchanting abode, didn't build a chimber, timber, and rough casts, but bald veranda, veranda, Facing south, and a gay little garden. In front, outside, on the ground floor, there was a kitchen and dining room, a large living room, and access to the veranda. This is well and plainly furnished, and had a little open fireplace, a wide heath of wood fire, and an immense chimney. Logs were readily laid there, and indeed the whole house was, had an aspect, and it had been lately tenanted. Upstairs were stunning afternoons. Bedrooms facing south, which overlooking the sand dunes gave a restful view of the sea beyond. It is impossible to conceive a more tranquil heaven for an overworked medium. They had a hasty cup of tea 
are hurried out to enjoy the last hours of daylight in exploration among the dunes along the beach and came back soon after sunset. Though the day had been warm, the evening air had a nip in it. The silver gave a little shiver as he stepped in from the veranda to the sitting room. It's rather cold, he said. I think I like the fire. Ludwig shared his sensations. It's an excellent idea, he said. We draw the curtains to be cosy. What a charming room. I shall take some interiors tomorrow. Time exposure, I think. They told me for an interior. Their supper was ready, soon ready. And presently they came back to the sitting room and laid out a hectic a patient pictures. They're both strangely absent minded, neglecting the most glaring opportunities for getting spaces and putting up kings. I can't concentrate on it tonight, said Ludwig. I feel someone's trying to attract my attention. I wonder if Astra wants to communicate. She ever looked at him. Now it's very odd that you say that, she observed. Feels that leaves a Violetta was coming on to come through. And yet she doesn't seem quite like Violetta. She came, came with an uneasy glance around the room. A curious quick sensation, he said. How can it courageous of some presence here? Which is not quite rational. But maybe, but may, be she, tiresome of her. If it is, she ought to know I come down here for a holiday. Couldn't that she recommended it herself. I think I'll get a pencil and paper and see if he wants to say something. Poses up a chair with a stationery, rashed her on what one knee on his, on his knee. Ask a question or two, Sylvia, he said, when I go off. Sylvia waited till her brother flied his foot and fell. Is that you, Astro? she I asked. He likes twit his hand twitched and she quivered. And then the pencil scribbled clearly not in large firm letters. Quite unlike Astro's writing. But he's writing. Astro asked if you write a letter, but got an emphatic denial. Who is it then? she said. And a very absurd thing happened. Pencil shot out. Spelled out. Thomas Spinach. Sylvia was quiz- puzzled for a moment. Then its frustration occurred to her. And she laughed. Wake up, my dear, she said to Ludwig. It says it's Thomas Spinach, of course. That's your subconscious self trying to remember Carrot. But Ludwig did not stir. And to surprise, the pencil began to write again. I don't know who you are, but the uncontrolled My name's Spinach, young Spinach. And there's long pause. I want you to help me. I can't remember. I'm very unhappy. As she followed the words, she suddenly came a loud rap on the wall just above her, which constantly startled, which considerably startled her. But why, if Spinach was an attempt on the part of Ludwig's subconscious to write carrot, would he even announce his presence? She sprang up and shook, shook Ludwig with his shoulder. Wake up, she said. There's something strange spirit there. I don't like it. Wake up, Ludwig. He came drowsily to himself. Hello, he said. Everything's been happening. Was it Astra? He fell on paper. What's all this? He said. Thomas Spinach? That's only me. That's only me. My subconscious said it was as. as Asparagus once. But look what it was been writing, says so he read it. Now that's queer. I can't be me. I'm not very unhappy. I don't want my own help. I know who I am. He jumped up. Most interesting, he said. Looks like a new control. Young Spinach must be powerful too. It must come through the first time he tried. We investigate this, Sylvia. We may find to get a new control of our sciences. Not tonight, Ludwig, she said. I really 
shouldn't sleep if you went on now. Oh, he's violent. He made the loudest rap I've ever heard. There, did he indeed, said Levick. I must be in a deep trance then. Oh, I never heard it. We certainly tried to snap him with the camera tomorrow. The morning was bright and sunny, and directly after breakfast, Ludwig set to work with his photography. The first three of Thor films showed nothing but an impregnable darkness. The constellation of his handbook convinced him that the other must have been overexposed. He corrected this over a few after a few hours along on the other side, produced a negative which quite clearly showed Sylvia sitting by a long window in the veranda. This, though, he revealed no extra, was in no encouragement was an encouraging achievement. He took half a dozen more exposures, which he hurried away in a small, dark cupboard under the stairs where he had instilled his developing fixing valves. Finally, after Sylvia heard him, they called at the crowd in soothing tones, ran to see what had happened. Don't open the door, he called, or you'll spoil it. I've got a picture of you with, with, with Mr. Extra, a face hanging on the air by your shoulder. How lovely, Sylvia, shouted Sylvia. Do be quick and fix it. There's no sort of doubt about it. There she sat by the window, and close by her was a strange and despicable face. So much could be seen from the negative that a print was taken off the details of the client wonderfully clear. It was the face of a young man. His handsome features were expressions of agonised entry. Poor boy, said Sylvia, simply. So good looking too, but somehow I don't like him. Then a brilliant idea struck her. Oh, Ludwig, he, he said. I, is it young spinach? He snatched a print from her. I must fix it, he said. Or oh, we'd be ruined. Of course it's young spinach. Who else would it be? I should like to know. You'll find, well, you'll find out more about him on this evening. Fancy attaining that, that very that very first morning. You spent the afternoon on the beach in order to get to the related frame, mind of contemplating the beauties of nature, and after a light supper, prepared for a deep seance. Two hooks, so to speak, were baited for spinach for one chair, that silver with a pencil and pen, paper, ready to take down his slightest words, and the other, Ludwig, similarly equipped, have both left themselves sink in a drowsy, vacant condition, where he knew to be favourable to communication with the unseen. The unseen, but for a long time they neither of them got a bite. Then Ludwig heard the dash and clatter of his own sister's pencil, suddenly beginning to write very rapidly, and aroused in him disturbing feelings of envy, jealousy, that something was coming through Sylvia, not to him. In the harmless motion, quite disappointed in his tranquility, was a scene of calm to the receptive state. He got up to see what was coming through to her. Probably more Moorish rubbish for it from Varieta about Sula of only and the sermons. But at the moment he saw the paper, he was thrilled to the marrow. Yes, I am Thomas Spinach, he read. I am very unhappy. I came and stood by you this morning when a man was photographing. I want you to help me. Oh, do help me. It's something I've forgotten, something that is important. I want you to look everywhere and see if you can find something very unusual and tell them it's some it's it's somewhere here it must be because i put it there i hardly like to tell you what it is because it's terrible pencil stopped and Ludwig was wildly excited and rejected jealousy silver was almost forgotten i thought he was who i thought he 
he who had taken Spinach's photograph still his hand continued idle so long and livic in order to stir into activity again going to ask questions have you passed over Spinach she said her hand began to write in Smith and in a very retreated manner oh, of course I have it scribbled otherwise I, was, I should know where it is have you I used to live you used to you used to you used to live here, said Lovett. And when you did, when, when did you pass over? Yes, I lived here, came the answer. I passed over over a couple of weeks, a week ago. Very sunny, it was a fun summer night. I just had to finish it off. Oh, I was in the garden, got a cooling down when the lightning struck me. And when I came to, to this side, otherwise, I don't, can't remember what, where it was. Where was that, said Lovett. Do you mind me anything? Do you mean thing that you had have vanished? What was was what was it was it what was it you had finished? The pencil seemed to give a loud squeak as if a sl- it was a slate pencil. Oh, here it is again. It wrote the trembling characters. I can't go on now. It's terrible. I said, frightened. Please, please, please find it. Just as the previous evening, a uh, call came in a pulling grab. Some Everett's somewhere on the wall uh, close to them and seriously startled Ludwig stood up and shook Sylvia into consciousness whoever the spirit was if not the good kind Margaret Estra who everyone she wrapped even so did did so very softly and presently Sylvia yawned and stretched herself spinach and she said Rosalie any spinach she said yes my dear quality said Ludwig. What did he say? Oh, I went to sleep deep then. Ludwig, I don't know what's been happening, Violetta. Isn't got isn't so nearly as powerful. Just another feeling. Did I invite at all? Yes, an answer to some pretty question, good questions of mine, he said. Oh, it's really wonderful. We were on a track of the young spinach of other these are ours. Sylvia was reading his uh, manuscripts. I walked uh, over a week, past over a week ago, she said. Very sunny, there was a thunderstorm that night. Why Lovick was there, I'm quite sure you could slate through it. But I didn't. I remember standing in the paper. It had been very... Passed over a week ago, she said. Very suddenly, it was a thunderstorm night. My love, it was there. A great clue, true. She left through, but you didn't can remember. I remember reading the paper. It had been very violent in the Rye district. How strange. Lovick clicked his finger. I know what I'll do, he said. I'll send a dozen. I'll send a telegram to Mrs. Simpson. Give her a piece of work. So this, I passed a bit of a week ago, she said. Very suddenly, there was a thunderstorm in the night. I love it, was there. That was quite true. You slept through it, but you did, but I didn't. I remember reading it in the paper. That is what had been very violent in the Madrid district. How strange. Lovick cooked his fingers. I know what to do, he said. I'll send a telegram to Mr. Sampson's son.
Give me a piece of paper, she said. The wonderful visitors might perhaps come to me here. Silver grasped his thoughts. I see, she cried. You mean to tell me that the late tenant, young Tom Spinach, who was killed by lightning last week, has communicated with us. That would oppress her tremendously. He thinks she's had enough. Rastra. Indeed, I shall wonder if she'd let, let us... There is Scottish just in order to test us to see when you see messages from the other side. What a score! Hasty scribble, she hasty scribbled a leaf on a writing block, counting up the words on her fingers. Her lincoln mind exerted itself to contrive her message. Exactly twelve words. There, she spread out triumphantly. Listen, Sampson. 29 Brunton Avenue, London. Tenant Spinach. Killed last week. Thunderstorm. Communicate. Just twelve. You can't read. You need to read. Sign it, as it will have. Make the. As it will have the right pipe postmark. My dear, said he. There's no time for pretty economics. Better spend a few pence more and make it impressive, rather than more intelligible. Give me some paper. I asked you before, and we shall make it clear. He's not. A chance word of Google Gossip has inspired it. I should tell her about the photograph too, because they went before they went to bed. Lovett composed a more explicit telegram, which, of course, the next morning received an effusive reply from Mrs. Sam- Sapson. Well, quite correct, and how most wonderful she wrote. Delighted you have got into communication. Find out more. Ask him about his uncle. Why again is flesh revelations cloaker? Uh, in order to secure themselves from the possibility of interruption, Silver gave Gansby after the knelt. Where she proposed to spend the incitements of Rye as soon as they was gone, the medium prepared for the medicines. As Finnish seemed to fancy Silver, she proposed herself for a chance condition, a pencil, pen, paper handy, and love that sat on a to ask questions. Very soon Sylvia's eyes closed. Her head fell back forward, a pencil she began to tremble violently, like a motor car ready to start. Are you spinach? said Ludwig, serving his signs of possession. Instantly the pencil began to write. Yes, you have found it. Oh, we don't know about that what it is, said Ludwig. When he uh, uh, remembered Mrs. Sampson's telegram, it's something to do with your uncle, he asked. With long pause, then the prince began to move again. Please find him, he wrote. How, 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 how are we to find your uncle? Said Ludwig. We don't know where to look or what he's like. Tell us what, where to look. And the prince moved in a most agitated fashion. I don't know, he wrote. If I knew, I would tell you. But somehow I had just put it somewhere when the lightning came and killed me. I can't remember. My mind's gone like, like after, like, uh, life after consciousness of the brain. So then he thought, struck Lovick. Why did young Spanish allure to his uncle as it? If your uncle, is your uncle dead? He asked, as if his body, is that his body that you may say by me, may, that you mean by it? Sylvia's fingers writhed in its mortal agony. Then the pencil jumped out. Yes, Levick constant, as he was the spirit, felt Elsie shudder through him. 
He went in silence. The pencil looked as if he'd done something more to write, had something more to write. Then, great heavens, it came. I'll tell you all, it wrote. I killed him. I can't remember where I put him. I suppose of the moral indignation seized Ludwig. That was very wrong of you, he said. He justly observed. But we'll try to help you if you tell us all about it. Come. You're dead. Nobody can hang you. Shot as Ludwig was, extremely uneasy, also to the thought of proximity, not of the spirit of a murderer, but the corpse of a young Spanish uncle. It's only natural that he should feel an overwhelming professional interest in revelations that appeared to be imminent. It would be a glorious thing for his career to receive, when departed soul, the first hand account of the undetectable crime, and be able to collaborate it by the discovery of the corpse, though he had done, gone down. Here for a holiday, the chances of such an agreed person of work made him feel quite rested already, for it is impossible to conceive how a misfit, a more magnificent effort. What a wonderful confirmation it would be to Mrs. Sampson's waving faith in his psychical powers. She would publish the news. A bit far and wide, the sciences would be more popular than ever. Move over. Moreover, there was no chance of learning all sorts of flashy information, the condition that prevailed on the other side, for a far more sensational and exciting quality from the method of the production felt, flowers and flowering rose, and great love for helpless. He waited with an intense expectation for anything that spinach might vote safe. At last it began, and there they were. There was no need for further questioning. The pencil streamed across the page. Sheet after sheet of writing block was filled, and twice Ludwig had to shove and seal his pencil, for the point was worn, quite worn down for their remarkable disclosure. Only made illegible scratches on paper. Half an hour cleared over, over the sheets, then finished it made a great score, and Sylvia's hand dropped it vert. She stretched and yawned and came to herself. The next hour was almost as all more most absorbing. I love it that ever spent in his professional work. Together they read the account of the crime. As I was finished, the uncle was the most wicked of the elderly gentlemen, who made his nephew's life an intolerable burden to him. He found out that the orphan boy committed a pretty forgery with regard to a cheque to which he had signed with his uncle's name, and holding exposure arrested over his head. Had made him work for him day a night fishing and farming and doing the work of the house at a penny piece of wages while yourself booze his days away in a chimney corner. Long o'er brooding over the wrongs and misery of his life made young Spanish very pro- 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 properly as he shall thought to determined to kill the ominous old witch and he abruptly poisoned his whiskey with weed killer. He went to his work next morning as usual, leaving the corpse of the locked up house and casually mentioned to the folk he'd come across his uncle, had gone to London and would probably not get back for some time. When he returned to the in the evening, he hid the body somewhere, meaning to dig a handsome excavation in the garden and then bury it, plant some useful rage over it, for Holly had he made his temporal distribution of the corpse that when he was struck by lightning and terrific storm and visited his district a week ago and killed. When he came to his cell phone spiritual plane, he could not remember what he had done with the body.
So far, the story was all enough, apart from the interest of the matter, of its culmination. But now come about that part of the confession, which those ardent young psychics saw would be variable. Don't mind to them. But on emerging on the other side, young Spinach found himself terrified and haunted, not by the spirit, but by the body of his uncle. Just as on the material world plane, so he's playing murders are sometimes haunted by the spirit of their victim. So on the spiritual plane, quite logically, they are haunted by the body of their victim. His uncle's bodily and presence grimly pursued him wherever he went, even as he gathered sweet fruit flowers or fruit fruits. A terrible body appeared. It woke a night he found it watching up by his bed. If he bathed in the crystal rivers, it swam to the him. If he learned, learned it would ever find peace, till it, it was given proper burial. No doubt, he said, Ludwig, a herd of the skeletons of murdered folk, we walked up secret chambers, and how the spirits haunted the place, till the bones had discovered them and returned. The converse was true on the other side. While murder corpses lay there about unburied in the material world, their bodies haunted the perturbator of the crime. It is there that poor young Spanish difficulty came in. A sudden lightning stroke reflected him with all his memory. What was he was doing just before? And puzzled, he might he just not reflect where he put the corpse. We broke out into passionate entries. Help me, help me, kind mediums, he wrote. I know it's something, it's somewhere about. So search for it and get it buried. He was an awful old man and can't describe the agony being haunted by his beastly body. Find it and have it buried, and then I shall be free from its dreadful presence. They read their unique document together and by the fading light. Strung up by the highest pitch of professional interest, yet peering awfully around from time to time. A vague apparition. It might happen, what might happen next? During the seance, the wind got up, and now it's moaning around the corners of the house, and dusk is falling rapidly, the prospects of wild night to follow. The curtains bulged and budded in the draft. Hollow voices sounded in the chimney, and Sylvia clung to her brother. I don't like it, she wailed. I don't like these spirits of spinach. Don't like these spirits of spinach. Fayetta and Austria are far more preferable. Then there, there it is. There's it. It's somewhere about. It may be anywhere. The Vic made an attempt at gaiety. It may be anywhere, as you say. He might bet it actually. It's somewhere. He's got to find it, dear. Better find it before it gets dark. And think of the sensation there will be when we publish the account of Howl in answer to the entreaty of the remorseful spirit. But he isn't remorseful, said Sylvia. There's not a word of remorse, but only terror. Being haunted, there's only a corpse about the spirit of an unrepentant murderer. He's a peasant. I would sooner be in expensive lodgings than here. Oh, nonsense, said Lovett. Besides, young Spinach, friend enough for us, we is his hope when we find it. We'd certainly be very grateful. I shouldn't wonder you send us many more revelations, even as it is. How deeply interesting. Nobody has ever guessed there were material ghosts in the spiritual world. But now we must get busy and search for Alexander. Fix your mind on that tremendous pain experience this will be. Now, where shall we begin? There's the house and the garden. Oh, I hope it'll be in the garden, said Sylvia. 
There'd be there'd no chance of that, for you meant to bury it in the garden afterwards. Two, we begin with the house. And then, the most motors bury the body under the floor, in the kitchen, cover it with quicklime, and fill it in cement. We wouldn't have had time for that, said Sylvia. Besides, this was only a temporary wrestling place. Perhaps he cut it up, said Ludwig, and shall, we shall find a piece here and there. The search began in a glowing dusk, and the wild wind increasing in the ground. They appealed themselves into gruesome bis- the gruesome business. They investigated the coal cellar. They peered into the housemaid's cupboards with quaking hearts examined to the woodshed. There were signs of its contents being disturbed, a sight of an old boot peering out from a Behind some logs nearly caused Sylvia to collapse, and Ludwig got a ladder. Climbing up the roof, interrogated interrogated the water tank for the contents of which they had already drunk. But the inspirations were all in vain. There was no sign of the corpse. For a nerve-wracking hour, they preserved. And a dismal idea occurred to Ludwig. It can't be a practical joke and part of the spinach kit, he said. That would be the worst possible state. Good gracious, that's that's what. And when a loud tapping at the front door, Sylvia heard her face. Hid her face on his shoulder. That's spinach, she whispered. That's terrible spinach. They trotted to the door and opened it. On the threshold was a man who told him that he was a carrier from Rye. He brought a note from Mrs. Byron. I'm going back in half an hour, miss, he said. Is, is there an answer? A box, I understand. A note was from Gainsbury, who had been unwillingly to upset them, declining to come back to the cottage. She'd heard things, and she didn't like it. She would be obliged if they could pack a box and send it in. The coward, said Sylvia, trembling wildly. She shan't have a box unless she comes to fetch it. They went back into the sitting room and lit the fire, made it cheerfully as they could, maybe with many candles. The flames wagged ominously in the edging draughts. The two drew their can- chairs close to the heath. By now the fully furry fury of the gale was unloosed. The whole house shuddered at the blast. Doors creaked, curtains whispered, furries of rain were flung against the windows, and strange noises and stirrings muttered in the chimney. I shall just get warm, said Lovick, and then go on with the search. I shan't know a moment's peace till I find it. I shan't know a moment's peace when you do. Well, Sylvia, who was sitting in the fire almost, and suddenly something on the chimney caught Lovick's eye. What's that? he said. Got a candle and held up the chimney. It's a rope, he said, tied to a staple in the wall. He took his look meant hers, and he read the answering horror. There. I'm going to undo it, he said. Step back, Sylvia. There's no need to say that. She had already retreated to the furthest corner of the room. He pulled the rope off the stable, stable and let it go. There was a scrambling, shuffling noise from high in the chimney. In a cloud of soot it fell. A heavy flood swirling across the earth. It fled into the night and its courier had only just got to the garden gate. Take us into rise, cried Lovick. Take us to the police station. Murder has been done. Counted his amazing defence. Julie appeared in all physical, psychological papers and many others. Long queues of would-be sitters formed by the Baron of Sciences in the hopes of getting fresh revelations from Young's village. 
Often association of with uh, as true Violetta, he gradually became quite commonplace. I told him about thought hours and white robes. <laughs>